0: Good morning, Crestview family. Morning. Welcome to Crestview this morning. Thank you for just choosing to come worship with us on this. Uh, it's actually a nice, decent day out there today, weather-wise. The weather has no clue what it wants to be. Uh, but I know I want to be here, so I'm glad to have you. And uh, we're, if uh, you're a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, we'd love to get to know you a little better. There are some cards in the pews. If you'd fill one of those out, drop it in the offering plate uh, just so we get to know you a little better. we will greatly appreciate it. A um, few things coming up this next couple of weeks. Uh, so be sure you look in your bulletins. Uh, I'm going to try to go over most of them. but uh, So uh, don't forget about our Wednesday night services where our children and our youth are practicing uh, the Christmas play at 530 um, and then we have our regular services. Um, our Lottie Moon dinner is coming up November the 16th. So you need to sign up for that on the bulletin board by what day do we need to sign up by? Uh, by next, Sunday. next Sunday. That's the, the Lottie Moon dinner and auction. That's always a fun time. If you've never been to one before, you're missing out. Um, so uh, sign up for that out here on the bulletin board. Um, my brain's not working. Uh, community Thanksgiving service uh, this year is at Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, that's Sunday, November the 19th. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we will not have Wednesday night service that week of Thanksgiving, right? And then, But that Sunday, we will have uh, that Dumb. Next week is our Veterans Recognition Service, so be sure you're here for that. And uh, I think Miss Joy has an announcement to make. Oh, and then Thursday night, the men will be working at six, uh, 6 o'clock. The men or anybody who wants to come out work, got some stuff we're going to get done around here. So uh, if you got time for that, come on out. And I'm going to turn it over to Miss Joy. And Ms. Jackie's going to come up and say something after Ms. Joy gets done.
1: So are we going to be closed the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or the Wednesday of Thanksgiving?
2: Thursday.
1: <laughs> okay, because uh, the children will be packing shoeboxes on the 12th. That's the Wednesday before that, and I just wanted to make sure before I said that. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's brought uh, items from the ornaments on the tree, and if you haven't taken one and can help with uh, things that the children or the church needs for packing, take an ornament and bring it back and we'll have to have it back by Sunday the let's see what Sunday would that be if we're going to pack on the 12th the Sunday before the 12th next
3: Sunday
1: Sunday. time's too fast Uh, just bring it and put it in the box right there and we'll take care of getting it out and getting it to where the children can use and we have boxes out on the uh, stand out here the welcome stand if you want to pack a box yourself Pick up a box and a label, and uh, just remember that you can't put candy, you can't put toothpaste, no liquids in the boxes. And if you have any questions, you can message me or call me, and I'll uh, find out for you what you, whatever your question you have. Also, um, want to thank everybody that worked on the tree. This is the first one we've had, and uh, it's not perfect, but it will be by next year. <laughs> And, uh, again, Chad mentioned the Lottie Moon Supper, and we do need you to pay by, what did you tell Chad? Next Sunday. (coughs) By next Sunday. Everything's next Sunday. So if you want to sign up, just get uh, me your money before that because we'll have to go shopping for groceries. Okay, thank you.
4: I don't know if y'all know or not, but I work uh, for the Mooresboro Precinct for the elections, and so I just wanted to make an announcement uh, for everybody to remember to go vote on Tuesday. Um, it's We're only voting on m- municipal elections, and some people, like Artie said, he's only. I think we're only allowed to vote for the water board. But it's important to go and exercise your right to vote because, you know, We're going to be celebrating Veterans Day, and our veterans fought for us to have the right to do that. So please do that. And also, I wanted to let you know, some people might not know this, you do need to bring a form of ID this time. You will have to have an ID to vote, and your driver's license is the best thing to bring, but there are other forms of ID if you need that. And if you don't have an ID, you can go to the Board of Elections, and they will make you a free one. Thank you.
5: Um, ASL worship night let's not forget about that um, there's a dinner at five and to sign up you need to sign up if you want to attend the dinner um, and you can scan the QR code that's in the bulletin so um, they, they deserve our support and you know we would like to like to come to that okay.
2: good, morning. good morning I am so excited today because today is a time change And we set our clocks back an hour. That means I get to preach an hour longer. (laughs) That's a preacher joke if you didn't know that. Uh, But I am excited that everybody is here. Um, Yes, I am not liking the bipolar weather that we're having right now. I would wish it would just get cold and stay cold. I know I'm not in there's people in here that don't like it that way, but I am fat. And I sweat, and when it's cold, I don't do that. So I love it when it's cold, okay? So, but it is good to see everybody here. I am so happy that you are here, and we are gathered here today to worship our Savior. So if you would please join me in prayer as we begin our worship time together this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you. Praising you for who you are. Dear Lord, this is the, the season of thanksgiving. But you tell us in your word that we are to enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. To enter your courts with praise. And dear Lord, why, while we celebrate this season as being thanksgiving season, Dear Lord, we as Christians, as those who have accepted your free gift of grace, we should be thankful every single day. With every breath we take, we should be thankful. And dear Lord, I ask you right now that your spirit fills this place that you move among your people. Dear Lord, that as... Sandra and the choir lead us in worship that we would honestly think of the words that we are singing and dear Lord as Chad speaks to the children that they would he would be able to reach their little lives with your truth and dear Lord as I bring your message today that you would speak through me and dear Lord that The gospel will be proclaimed today. And lives be changed because of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Be with us today. Have your way with us for this short hour. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
5: Let us stand as we sing our call to worship. Hymn number 263, Break Thou the Bread of Life, 263. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so blessed. You love us so much, and you just give us more than we can even comprehend. So at this time, we're giving to you a small portion, and I pray that you will bless this gift and the giver, for it is your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, 504, God Give Us Christian Homes, 504.
3: we to
1: know, rise
3: in your
0: for the children's sermon this morning. How's it going, guys? Hey. All right. I want to tell y'all a story this morning before we get started. Um, So, I was driving down the road, and I heard a big pop, and I thought, oh, Susie, what in the world was that? And I yelled, and I pulled over on the side of the road, and I said, oh, oh, Tucker, I was so mad, my tire had blown out. While I was changing my tire, another car drove by. The person in the car pointed at me and laughed hysterically because I was having a bad day. When he passed me by me, I saw a, p- a bumper sticker on the, back of my, on the back of his car that he said he was a follower of Teddy, but he sure didn't feel like it. Now, I want you to think about my story. What was different about my story? What did I do? Use I used your names, right? Did I use your names right? No, I misused your name. Man, that's, is that, does that hurt your feelings? If I stub my toe, and I said, oh, Elena, I stubbed my toe. Does that, does, that make, does that hurt your feelings a little bit, maybe? Maybe a little bit, right? Well, you know what? We do that. And so like, we do that sometimes. We misuse somebody's name. Um, last Time I had you down here, we started. We went over the first two commandments, and we were talking about God's commandments and not having another God before you, and not having uh, like anything else you put before God. It could be something in the, something physical you put before God. But we're going to talk about the third one today, and it is from Exodus twenty verse seven, and it says this: You shall not take the name of your the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And so just like I used your name in, in the wrong way in my story, sometimes if we're not careful, we can catch ourselves doing it, and you can hear other people do it. They use God's name or Jesus' name in a way that's like to, to show frustration or anger. And how do you think that make God, makes God feel? makes God feel sad. What we're going to talk about today is God's name is very, very important and how we should not take God's name in vain, okay? So this week, I want you to be extra careful, and if you have used God's name in vain sometime before, be extra careful with your words and make sure we're not using God's name in the wrong way. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Lord, you are a holy and awesome God. You are the most special person that there could be. Help us to show respect to you by always using your name in the right way. All this I ask in the name of your son Jesus Christ. Amen.
5: Ask him to sit right here.
0: Real quick, you can see something on T V. As human beings, we try to fix everything. We try to fix Oh, I'm
5: sorry, we're gonna watch a video first. Try to do things our way or we try to fix things and most of the time we just make a bigger mess than ever uh, that's true with ourselves with our homes with our schools with our country and with this world so the bottom line is we need God we need a big God we need big mighty God that can fix all the problems that we have created. So as the choir sings this song, we need a big, mighty God. As soon as you catch on to the words, sing along with us. Let that be your prayer.
3: up between the water and
2: Thank you, choir. We do have a mighty big God. You know, I stopped by the Circle K this morning to get me a Polar Pop on the way to church. I met with Sandra and Chad at 8.30 this morning, and so I stopped by there. And I've been talking to the manager there over the last several weeks, and uh, about God and, and, and everything. And she's just had a, a, a rough time of it. And I told her this morning, I said, you know, she was telling me all the stuff that she's dealt with and that she's mad at God. And I told her, uh, I said, you know, a lot of people will tell you that God will only give you what you can handle. I said, but that's not true. God always gives you more than you can handle because He wants us to realize that He's a big God and that He can take care of us no matter what. And He wants us to trust Him to take care of those situations that are too big for us to deal with. And that's the way it is because we do have a mighty big God. So today I want to share with you Something from Paul's letter to Timothy is actually his second letter to Timothy. Last week, Chad did a wonderful job uh, with a passage out of First Timothy. So we're going to look at, a, at an entire chapter, actually, of Second Timothy, and the necessity of Scripture. See, sometimes we as Christians think that, just like Sandra said, we think we can take care of everything. We think we have all the answers. We can fix things. We don't. And we as Christians need to understand the necessity of Scripture. Okay? Not just the necessity of Scripture, but the necessity of us studying and knowing the Scriptures. So, if you would turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're actually going to start with the last two verses, but I'm going to go back, but we're going to jump off with the, first, with the last two verses. So, if you would turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, and if you will stand as I read this. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen, as well as it's in the, uh, in the bulletin. But this is what Paul writes to this young pastor, Timothy. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for what we see Paul writing here to the young preacher Timothy about the importance of Scripture and the purpose of Scripture. Dear Lord, I ask You that You speak through me today and bless the reading of Your Word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. Thank you. So the first thing is, why is knowing and studying Scripture a necessity for all Christians? Why is it a necessity? Why is it necessary? Well, Paul starts out this chapter in writing to Timothy with a statement. And one of the biggest reasons we need to know Scripture is because difficult and dangerous times are coming. And I'm going to go beyond that. It's not just coming, it's already here. So look at what he says here in verse 1 of 2 Timothy 3. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Now this Greek word here that's translated in the NSAB as difficult is also translated as dangerous, extremely violent, or perilous in the King James Version and other um, translations. This Greek word, kalipos, or kalipos, if I say it correctly, is only used one other time in the New Testament, and this word that Paul uses is also used by Matthew in describing the demon-possessed men in gathering. Matthew eight twenty-eight when He came to the other side into the country of the Gadarenes, two men who were demon-possessed met Him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. This Word. When we think of perilous, or extremely violent, or difficult, or dangerous. It really does not do this word justice. But God through Paul is telling us that we need to be prepared because there's coming a time where it's not going to matter who we are. It's not going to matter what we look like. If we claim the name of Jesus Christ, it's going to be bad for us. So what is going to be so dangerous? What's going to make it so bad for us? Well, he goes on. He talks about the first thing is the human condition in the last days. Look at verses 2 through 5. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, or brutal haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Now, can I ask you a serious question? Out of that whole list that Paul describes the human condition that's going on in the last days, are any of those not happening now? We watch the news. We read the newspaper. Go on social media. Anywhere you look, there are things going on in our world they, that, that we see these things happening now. But there is a reason that Paul wrote this to Timothy. Timothy because he was starting to see these things going on then. There is nothing new. It is just becoming more and more prevalent. It is becoming widely... You know, back even when I was a kid, if something happened on the other side of the world, it may take a a little bit for the news to spread. And when some of you like Sam and, and Eunice and, and and Lyman, by the way, Sam, you're 90. Lyman just turned 88 today. And Eunice, you're 89, right? So the oldest members of our church, Lyman's birthday's today. Sam, you just had a birthday. And you turned 89 a few months ago, didn't you? So, uh, Back in y'all's day, it took time for news to travel, didn't it? Right now, my daughter's boyfriend is in South Korea in the Army. They talk every day. Video chat every day. And it's so hard on them because they're separated by this distance. But Sam, when you were in the Navy... How long did it take for a letter to get to you? A month, faith. <laughs> if they did you talk on the phone? How often did you talk on the phone back to people at home? You didn't talk on the phone. But now, if something happens now, immediately you know about it. Things are more accessible. Things are more just out there. We see it. So if something happens, we know right away. And we know that we live in this culture now that if they don't agree with it, what happens to you? you get canceled. If you do not agree with the popular opinion, you are canceled. I've been watching this... uh, It's an Iowa dairy farmer. I've been watching, watching his stuff and he's literally showing the good, bad, and ugly of running a dairy farm. And he has got these people that watch his videos and get so upset and they they hurl insults at him because he is a dairy farmer and 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 they get so aggravated and he literally says why are you even watching my videos if you're getting so upset if you don't like it don't watch You know, there is a a channel turner. I mean, we have the same option. If we see something we don't agree with, turn it. Don't watch it. Don't turn the TV on. Don't do whatever. There are many times that I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see something that's upsetting. I just keep going. I don't even bother looking at it. Because it's not worth it to me. But we do have to take a stand. But that's the time that we're living in now. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy. That the human condition is going to decline really bad. And they don't want to be told. We don't want to be told that we're wrong. We don't want to be told that we need to change. We don't want to be told that the the decisions that we are making goes against God. I love this part where he says holding to a form of godliness. Now notice that in this this verse, that godliness is not capitalized. There's a reason for that. Holding to a form of godliness although, although they have denied its power. They believe in God, but they deny His power. That's the time we live in. That's the condition. The human condition. The second thing that makes it dangerous is the strategy of the enemy in the last days. And yes, we do have an enemy. The enemy is Satan. And we are in a spiritual battle. And we are seeing his strategy take place in the world today. And not only in the world today, but also in our churches today. So look at 2 Timothy 3, 6-9. For among them are those who enter into the households and captivate weak women weighed down with sin, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved mind rejecting, are rejected in regard to the faith, but they will not make further progress for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janus and Jamrus' folly was also. Now I want you to understand this. What Paul is talking about is not a sexist thing here. What Paul is talking about is that the enemy will come for the weakest ones. And no, he is not implying that women are weak. What he is saying is this. Is that those that are spiritually weak are going to be the ones that Satan comes after, the enemy. We know that... Satan is like a roaming lion. Lion. What's he doing? Seeking whom he may devour. And just like a lion, he's going to go for the ones that are alone. He's going to go for the ones that are weak. He's going to go to the ones that are sick. Trying to get the easiest kill. Satan does the same exact thing thing. Ones that are struggling in their faith. Ones that do not understand fully what God is saying to us in Scripture. Not understanding fully what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Ones that feel like they are all alone and they have no one else to depend on. That's the ones that are going to be attacked. That is his strategy, not only out there, but also in the church. That's why it's so important that we disciple each other, that we help each other grow, that we hold each other accountable, that we bear one another's burdens, that we pray for each other. That's why it's so important that we come together as one body. Helping the weaker ones. You know, what I find interesting is that when a herd of lions attack a herd of Cape buffalo, and even up in in the United States and in in Alaska, when they have a herd of muskox, what they will do is they make a circle. And guess who goes in the middle of that circle? The babies, the weak, the sick, the ones that can't defend themselves, they put in the center. And guess what the big strong ones do? They put their biggest weapon, their horns, facing out to protect the weaker ones. Paul tells us what our biggest weapon is when he tells us about the armor of God, everything he tells us is it is all defensive. The helmet, the breastplate, the shin guards, the belt, all of it's defensive. The shield. Except one weapon. And it is a sword. And guess what that sword is? Come on, you know it. What is the sword? the truth of the Word of God. He, God gives us our weapon to protect each other. His Word. And we have to be aware of those spiritual attacks because they will come and they are coming. Because that is His strategy. is to... Come in and attack the weak. Second reason that it's important to study and know Scripture is to help us remain faithful to God in difficult times and opposition. Through difficulty and opposition. Difficulty and opposition will come. In fact, it's promised to come. To those that follow Jesus Christ as their Savior, look at Second Timothy three ten through twelve. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, conduct, or conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings such as happened to me in Antioch, and Iconium, and in Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus Himself tells us, they persecuted Me, and if you follow Me, they'll persecute you also. There is coming a time, it's always been here, from the moment Christ died on the cross and He rose again, He wanted His disciples to take a stand. If you remember in the life of the early church recorded in Acts that Peter and James or John were arrested and they were told to stop preaching we'll let you go if you stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And they sat there and looked at the Sanhedrin court and they said you can let us go but we cannot or will and will not stop. Preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. They took a stand. And when they were released, because they were released because they were afraid of the people. Because they had grown. The Word of God, the Gospel, had grown and grown and grown and grown to the point where the Sanhedrin court was a worried that there was going to be an uprising of the Christians if they did something to, to, to Peter and John. So they let them go. And when they went back to the disciples, to the church, they began to pray, praying that God would give them more of the Holy Spirit so that they may stand more boldly for Him. And it says that God sent the Holy Spirit and it shook, literally shook, the foundations of the building that they were gathered in. Because they prayed for more courage to be able to stand stronger for Christ. There is coming a time that we need to take a stand. It is here now that we as God's people have to stand. And we have to Not stand necessarily against, but we have to stand for the things of God. And if things come in opposition against those, then yes, we need to stand firm and we need to speak the truth in love and conviction. Not in anger. Not in hate. But we need to stand for God's Word. The second part of remaining faithful is continuing the course. Now, look at this. This is interesting. In verses 13 through 15, it says, But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Continuing the course. The bad are going to get worse. You know what that tells me? The worst isn't here yet. It's going to continue to get bad. And the evil that's being done is going to continue to get worse. But we that have been taught, we that know what God says, and we know the salvation of Jesus Christ, we're going to continue to grow. That we need to continue to hold fast to the truth. That we need to continue to dig. Why is that important? I'm going to tell you because every week when I am going through, Nancy laughs at me because I sit in that office and talk to myself and make all kinds of noises. Some of it's yawning, and she she, she laughs at me when I start yawning. But when I sit in there in my office and I go, oh, wow, she's like, what'd you find now? I can look at the Scripture time and time again and then God will reveal something to me through the Holy Spirit. Something that I never saw before, even in a verse that I've read my entire life. That He reveals it to me because I need to know what it means right then. I may not have been ready to receive it before, but that takes continually studying and you cannot study enough. You have to continue in it. The things that you have learned as a child, you need to continue. And I am so thankful because I sit in the office on Sunday mornings and I listen to Laura teach that younger group. And I listen to them sing the songs and I listen to her talk scripture to them. That's why it's so important that we reach the children and the teenagers. Because if we don't, guess who's waiting in their wings to snatch them up? That is why it's so important that we teach them a good foundation. And the third reason that it's a ne- Scripture is a necessity is found in the verses that we've already read. Verses 16 and 17. Scripture is inspired by God for a purpose. Look at this Scripture again. Verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That word inspired, it's not in your notes, but that word inspired means God breathed. It is the same idea as when God formed Adam from the dust of the earth and breathed life into Him. It is the same idea that God breathed life into His Word. But the first part, the first purpose is teaching Matthew 28:20 20 says this teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the age You guys recognize that verse That's the second part of the great commission First part go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Ghost right You may ask well how do we make disciples He then tells us in the second verse, teaching them all to to obey all that I have commanded you. Well, Paul tells us that Scripture is profitable for teaching. That's the purpose of Scripture is to teach for us to learn what God has commanded us. Second is reproof. This in arty terms, is calling somebody out. reproof That's what it means. Proverbs 9, 8 Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. This purpose is for Christians with other Christians. I'm gonna tell you, last week or the week before, I can't remember, Jackie called me out on something. And she was right in doing so. Christian to Christian. We as Christians are are, are called to hold each other accountable. To help each other grow. And there are times that we have to reproof each other. Not because of our own ideals. Not because of our own standards. But because of Scripture. And this verse tells us, don't correct a scoffer. Don't reprove a scoffer. Why? Why? Because if they don't believe Scripture in the first place, they're not going to accept what you're telling them and they're going to hate you and think that you're a hater. That's the big term now. You hear it all the time. If you don't agree with somebody or you don't think something's right, you're a hater. Don't hate the player, just hate the game. That's what we hear. You know, but that's what you're called as a hater. Oh, you're just hating on me or something like that. No, that doesn't have, hate doesn't have anything to do with it. But that's the way they take it. If they don't believe, if they're not a Christian, if they've not been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, that's the way they take it. So Solomon tells us: don't even do that. Reprove the rise man, and he will love you. The second thing is: once you call somebody else out, you've got to give them a form of correction. You've got to tell them how to do correctly. Correction is the next purpose of Scripture. Hebrews 12.11 All discipline from the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful, yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Correction is needed. Anybody besides me ever been corrected by God? It's not pleasant. But after it's over, it is so appreciated. And you are so much better off. And then, another purpose is training in righteousness. Titus 2, 11-14 says this, "...for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires." and to live sensibly, righteously righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession, zealous for good deeds. We have to be trained purpose scripture trains us in righteousness and then i know that the verse is adequate equipped with a comma but to me that means that we have to be adequately adequately equipped we all the time i hear well i don't know if i can do that i just don't feel that i'm right to do this scripture says that we're adequate to do what god's called us to do And He's going to equip us to do what He called us to do. He's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do. You may not be able to do it on your own, but guess who is with you if God calls you to do something? Guess who's going to be with you to do it? The Holy Spirit. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we are empowered to be His witnesses. It's going to be... Now listen, I'm hear I'm. afraid I'll mess it up. I'm afraid I'll mess it up every time I stand up here. And I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake. And I'm, gonna, I'm afraid that I will teach you, tell you something that's not correct. But you know what? The Holy Spirit gives us the power to do what He's told us to do. And it's Scripture that equips us to do what He's called us to do. There are times that people come and ask me a question and I have to look at them and I say, I have no idea. But I know where to find the answer. Let me see and let me check on. And then I have to go back and say, hey, this is what I found. This is what the Scripture says. This is... It is okay to say, I don't know. But you need to go know where to go to study, to look, to be able to find the answer. Our world today is looking for answers. I started off telling you about my conversation with the manager at the Circle K. She is looking for answers. And, be, and it's not going to be something that happens overnight. But every time I go in there, I'm able to share a little bit more with her. And today I was able to pray with her. first time I've been able to pray with her, I just reached across the counter, grabbed her hand and prayed. Every day. Every time. Just a little bit more. But look at Hebrews 13, 20-21. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Christ or Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does that verse say? What what does Paul tell us in that verse? From Hebrews. That He will equip us to do His will. Church, this Word is our foundation. Everything that we need to know is in here. And there are going to be things that we don't, we, we don't find out yet because we're not ready for it. The writer of, one of the writers of the Gospel tells us that everything that Jesus did or said is not recorded because there's not a library big enough to hold all the volumes it would take to record everything about Jesus there's going to be times that we don't know answers to things until we get to heaven, but we're not ready for those answers yet. And when we stand face to face with Jesus Christ and our salvation is made complete, guess what? I have a feeling that it's going to be amazing to us how those questions that we have here, when we're standing with Jesus, we're not going to worry about those questions anymore. Because we're going to be captivated by the Savior. And we're going to be bowed down at His feet worshiping with Him and singing with the saints. Praises to Him forevermore. But while we're here, we need to know the Scriptures. We need to study the Scriptures. It is what we hold on to. Everything in our life changes, and how we feel and how we interpret things. You know, I can go out here and tell you, just like any of these cult leaders, like David Koresh and, and, and Jim Jones, and all the that you are old and all you guys that are old enough to remember those people. They had just enough truth. To be dangerous, but by the time people realized that they were lying, it was too late. I can go out here and tell you what I feel. In fact, there in, in the upper part of Ohio or even in Michigan, there is a group, and I can't remember what they're called, but he, the the, the leader for this group, actually tells people follow me. Get behind me. He is claiming to be able to revoke people's salvation. And he has got a big... It is a cult. and it's It's a big thing going on up there. And the only way people will know the truth is to know Scripture. But the average Christian... Knows just enough scripture. You know, I was listening to a song the other day that said, you know, and if you remember, it's the we are the world song, and there's a line in that song that says that that God showed us what to do by turning bread into or, or stones into bread. You guys realize that's not scriptural at all? He didn't turn bread into stones or stones into bread. He was tempted by Satan to turn the stones into bread, but He did not do it. Because His response was, Scripture says that man may not live by bread alone. If Jesus used Scripture to defend His stance, then why shouldn't His followers use Scripture to defend their stance. It is a necessity in every Christian's life to stand on the Word of God. Not what the preacher says. Not what some author wrote. But the living, breathing Word of God. You guys realize that translations change Interpretations change, but this Bible has stood the test of time. The original texts are the same as they were when they were written. God's Word does not change. And we need to know that. And we need to understand that. Now has come the time in our our service. The invitation, and this is your invitation, if God is speaking to you, listen to what He's asking you to do. If He is drawing you to salvation through Jesus Christ, and you don't know what that means, I would love to be able to share that with you. If He is calling you to join this congregation, and become a member of this church. Come forward. I would love to talk to you about that. If you just need to come to the altar to pray, or you need to sit where you are and pray, whatever it is that God is calling you to do, don't leave this place today without doing business with Him. Be obedient to Him. This is your opportunity as we sing this song.
5: Would you stand as we sing our Hymn of Invitation, 448, Just a Closer Walk with Thee.
3: I am weak, but thou art strong.
2: being here with us this morning. I'm going to ask Sandra if she will do one thing. Today is Lyman's 88th birthday. (laughs) Would you mind leading us in happy birthday to Lyman?
5: Happy birthday
3: to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lyman. Happy
2: birthday to you. I will tell you, I may get in trouble, but that's the best dry cleaner in all of Cleveland County right there. (laughs) So uh, don't forget Wednesday night Bible study, 630 in here. We're going through Daniel. We just finished the first chapter. We start on the second chapter this Wednesday night. Uh, play practice, Christmas play practice at 5.30 in the choir room. Choir practice right after Bible study. Youth and children will be having Bible study down in the youth building. And then Thursday night, don't forget, our ASL worship night, uh, Joyful Hands ministry team will be leading that service. Um, The pastor from uh, Charlotte Deaf Mission will be speaking that night and sharing God's Word with us. If you don't know ASL, that's okay. They're going to have interpreters for us that are ASL illiterate. <laughs> right? Tara, you want everybody to come? Yes. Yeah. You have a personal invitation from Tara to come and join us Thursday night here. They are the. the uh, they're having a catered meal, so they need... When's the last day they can do that, Faith? They can RSVP? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. So if you want to come, you need to RSVP by Tuesday. And the bottom of your bulletin is a little QR code that you can scan with your phone and pull it up. It does work because Nancy did it the other day after uh, we got it all put together. So 5 o'clock is when they're feeding us. The service starts at 6.30. And here in the sanctuary, come and be part of that and support the ASL ministry here at the church. There's a lot going on. Don't forget, this coming Sunday, you have to have all your donations for the Operation Christmas Child for the the children to pack their shoeboxes in um, by Sunday, as well as reserving and paying for the meal for the Lottie Moon Christmas auction and dinner. I'm going to tell you, if you've not been to one of those... It is fun and it is great, and the food is good, but it is a good time, and we get to laugh with each other and spend lots of money buying who knows what. Huh? Beach trips, a phone book, you know, no telling a chicken, toilet paper. It doesn't matter what it is, but there's a lot of good stuff, but every once in a while there's something that's funny in there that somebody spends a hundred and something dollars and they get a yellow pages or something like that. But that's okay because it all goes to further the gospel with missions. So that's the purpose of this. So thank you for being here. We hope you're doing a great job. If you're visiting with us and this is your first time, please fill out a visitor's card and drop it by the Welcome Center as you leave. We just want to have a record of your attendance and, and, and see if there's anything that we can do to help you or pray for you about uh, if there's any other announcements, okay. Well, Robbie, if you would mind coming as our deacon of the week and dismiss us in prayer.
1: Let us pray.
3: Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the message that already gave. Lord, in the songs that Sandra led us in, Lord, let's, let's have a wonderful week. Be with us as we go and have us... and. Help us have a closer walk with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.